At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Hey, Jim Root in the house. Uh, we make him work a lot here on this program. And uh, Jim and I are watching a UTEP game uh, as we speak right now uh, because Jim liked the Miners. And uh, we both have 61 tickets on them to win this conference. And we are headed to over. Oh, God, that was close. Almost made a 90-footer there. That UTEP, could... Middle Tennessee State in the, uh, in the glorious CUSA tournament. And that is just... What today has been, as we look up to our left, Colorado State and Utah State is a two-point game, 43 seconds to go. Uh, Jim, if you can't see that screen, we got that same game over here. Beautiful. Uh, Texas Tech is obliterating Iowa State right now. UConn up by nine on Seton Hall at this moment in time. Speaking of obliteration, UNC is up 24 on Virginia, more than doubling them up late in the second, midway through second half. Yeah, North Carolina is... Uh, I was I was curious what we'd get from North Carolina, and we're getting good North Carolina. And yes. now they have to do it again. Uh, they will play Virginia Tech. Uh, no surprise there, at least from this side of the desk, because uh, I thought Virginia Tech would take care of business. How about this? Alabama got off to a, an early start, um, and that's uh, one of the games we uh, we don't currently have on in the studio. Uh, SEC Network, please. Um, and uh, Vanderbilt leading 71-68. I was sitting out there. I was about to bet it. Free game, and uh, and then the game started, and I want to say Alabama jumped out big, right? Early? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember checking that score. I, I have Alabama in a, or excuse me, Vandy in a pool, and so I was hoping they'd win. And I thought, oh, that one's over, no chance. They're getting run out of the gym. But here they are, back yeah. in the game. That's kind of been a story today. That's yesterday. Alabama. Oh yeah, and the comebacks have been just out of control uh, as Colorado State. I mean, the Mountain West, uh, and we're gonna talk some Mountain West with JVT, who's been on the scene over at Thomas and Mac. All day, and uh, the Mountain West has been has been wild, right? Uh, Boise State holds on. Uh, Nevada is able to cover. You talked about Nevada last night, I believe, yep, catching the yep. six. Uh, and it was funny. You know, I, I placed that bet last night. I, I agreed with you. I'm like, yeah, I like Nevada catching the points. It goes to six and a half. I'm like, eh, guess we're on the wrong side. And uh, they, they were right there with Boise State coming all the way back. And then UNLV in Wyoming, UNLV played a horrible first half, shot 29% from the field. Wyoming was kind of imposing their will down low and somehow, some way UNLV takes the lead and then 
you know, the end of the game there for UNLV was uh, questionable at best by the Rebels. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, Wyoming was able to get a couple late buckets. Xavier Ducell ended up being the hero. Yeah, big three. You, you think Maldonado, you think EK, and they were just trying possession after possession to post up UNLV and not really having any success. Eventually, they kind of had to go to the, the perimeter jumpers, what saved them. Uh, I, 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 was, I was bummed to see the Rebels go down. I thought they might make a run, but it's also big for Wyoming because they would have been on thin, thin ice had they lost that one, been sweating until Sunday. Maybe comfortable now, comfortable-ish, we'll call them. Yeah, so Wyoming gets the win, and uh, we'll, we'll dive more into the games tomorrow. Lines are, are starting to matriculate uh, for the games tomorrow. Um, some really big games in the A-10. Curious to get your thoughts on that. The AAC uh, will have semifinals in the Big East, the ACC. Uh, we have lines, the Big 12 as well. So, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Uh, we, we have some games still to break down and preview uh, in the Mountain West, in the Pac-12, in the Big uh, Big West, and the WAC. All right. four of those here. Vegas. Yeah. All, yeah, all four of those here. On home turf here. Yeah, in Las Vegas. So, uh, as we watch Colorado State and Utah State, Utah State uh, looks like Colorado State just missed a free throw. So while we try our best to kind of play point guard here, um, let's let's go from the start of the day to the to to where we are now, um, and and bubble talk a little bit. Michigan, uh, sweating, you're good. Crack through the ice. Where's Michigan right now? I would say sweating. Okay. Um, I think if you didn't look at their overall record, which I think is 17, 17 and 14, 14 three yeah. games over 500, they have a pretty solid resume. The metrics like them. They, they picked up some Q1 wins late in the year. I think for a while that was the knock on them. They didn't have any big wins. But they went on the road. They got a couple of victories late in the year. They knocked off Michigan State, blew them out at home. So I, I think everything about them looks solid-ish. 8 and 13 isn't a great winning percentage against the quads 1 and 2, but – Having eight wins is very good. The, the metrics, like I said, are strong. It's just if the committee can get over that sticking point of only three games over 500. It has been kind of a bugaboo for bubble teams in the past. It's been hard to get in with that kind of a record. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit concerned for them, but I think they'll end up okay by Sunday. I mean, just an epic meltdown um, by Michigan. They look comfortable uh, to take this one. What about Indiana? Indiana desperately needed. Do they still need to beat Illinois? To, uh, to feel comfortable, or where are they as of today when it comes to the bubble? I, I think they have one foot in the tournament and one foot out, and they are straddling it, and the you know the, the raft is drifting away from the, the, the bank, and they're starting to get real stressed. Uh, my, my colleague at Three Man Weave, Matt Cox, is an Indiana grad, and he asked me if I thought they'd be in, and I, I think with a loss tomorrow, they are probably like either Team 68 or 69, like right on that, that cut line, it's going to be stressful for them if they're not able to get a W tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but I was surprised by that line for, for the Hoosiers tomorrow. Uh, only getting like three and a half or four against Illinois. I thought it was a little low. Mm. We'll, we'll discuss that later. Okay. Yeah, usually when things seem a little too low, that, that triggers me. However, uh, it has now been steamed up, so you were probably right. Up to five. Oh, these people, they, they heard me. <laughs> they heard my thoughts, apparently. They, or they, they got into your brain. Uh, Colorado State, by the way, has defeated Utah State. Uh, if we do quick math, two, three, two, uh, a total of seven points have been the difference in the three Mountain West uh, games. So clearly, we should auto fire Fresno State right now, plus six and a half. Yeah, you got to you got to take the. Dog. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> two, three, and two, and the game that was three was the other team uh, UNLV was uh, was leading. 
Uh, update on our game, by the way, 56 all UTEP and uh, Middle Tennessee State. And uh, can we uh, can we can we start like ringing some bells? Uh, Do we have a broom because for, for a sweep? Mr. Jim Root last night on this show, Creighton Marquette under 142, Michigan State minus three. Sweaty. That one was sweaty. A little sweaty. Uh, also, this next was sweaty because I thought overtime was coming. UCF and USF under 127, and NC Central has completed the four-game sweep for this gentleman right there. Oh, Ring the alarm, 68-56. to 56. North Carolina Central gets the win, a clean sweep for Mr. U, Mr. Uh, Jim Roots. No, well I, done. Everybody was hanging on pins and needles for that North Carolina Central game. <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to go on the extra I know. board and deliver Woo. this one there. Yeah, we really uh, we, went, we went down the board there. So, uh, by the way, Vanderbilt leading 79-75 right now uh, in, uh, in the closing seconds against Alabama. So, Jerry Stackhouse's squad. You know, shout out to Jerry Stackhouse. He said, I see your quarter zips and your polos, and I... I up you a three-piece suit. Ow. He looks sharp, man. Sharp as a tack down at the SEC Championship. So it uh, looks like Vanderbilt's going to get this win over Alabama. So the dog's been barking a little bit uh, today. You know, some of these late games, UConn is, uh, is, is comfortable. UNC comfortable. I mentioned uh, Texas Tech. How about this? Another dog barking. Penn State is going to beat Ohio State. Wow, that's, yep. that's shocking. I, I view Penn State as kind of like a... Lose to the teams they're supposed to, beat the teams below them, straddle the middle in the Big Ten. For them to step up in class on a neutral court here, I think that's pretty impressive. I know the front court rotation of Ohio State was very depleted. Zed Key and Kyle Young both dealing with issues, but still, I mean, for Penn State to go get that victory there, I mean, they're, they're nowhere near dancing or anything, but I think that's raising some alarm bells for the Buckeyes. They have not been great down the stretch. You want to have a little more momentum going into the big dance, especially after last year. They, uh, they bowed out quickly. And I'm concerned that could be the same this year for the Buckeyes. Yeah, so that is a, a, a developing situation there as Penn State was catching five and a half against Ohio State. And uh, that game in the closing seconds there uh, with the Ohio State trailing Penn State 68 to 63. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt, uh, eight seconds to go. They're up now six on Alabama. You know, what do we make of Alabama? Um, you know, this is, I, I, I think everybody said the same thing. This isn't, uh, you know, um, unique by me, but I mean, they lose to Iona. They have just some weird losses. They're going to lose to Vanderbilt now in a neutral. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt has shown, you know, toughness this year, but still it's a 16 and 15 team. So what do we do with Alabama, who is going to be 19 and 13? What kind of seed line are they looking at? Gosh, I didn't realize their, their overall record was that poor, yeah. but they're probably going to land at like the six, seven, maybe seven line. They played the toughest schedule. <laughs> Good in the luck to that two, two seed, right? Because yeah. the peak of this team is, 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 is astronomical. Right. Ask Gonzaga. They, they had right. to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, like it, the, the fact that they've been so Jekyll and Hyde this year makes them tough to evaluate. Uh, I tend to lean towards skepticism with them heading into the postseason. Uh, I think they're because of the way their roster sets up with their style. They want to shoot a lot of threes, but they don't have shooters. They're kind of an easy scout. Uh, you, you know what you want to do. You want to okay, let's pack the paint, not let them get to the rim. They won't take mid-range jumpers, so just force the bad shooters to take threes. And so, with time to prepare against that team, I, I feel like if they play one of these live dog mid-major teams, South Dakota State, Chattanooga, somebody mm -hmm. like that, and I guess maybe they would get more like a 
7-10 game, considering where they fall into. But Murray State, maybe. Yep, yep. I am probably looking at them to to bow out in that first round. I just I don't I don't get good juju from that squad. Yeah, it, it's it's a very hard team to to fer- certainly put your finger on because their 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 best is is really impressive. Like, thankfully, I didn't make a bet. I didn't want anything to do with the futures market of the CU uh, of the SEC. But I was like, I don't know, maybe Alabama at eight to one. You know, we know how good their their good is. But their bad is also this, and they are out officially. Vanderbilt has upset Alabama 82-76, to so Jerry Stackhouse's team moves on to play Tennessee tomorrow night, a battle of the Volunteer State. We have four games still to tip tonight. They're coming up bottom of the hour. Anything interesting to this gentleman right here? And also, we head to Thomas and Mack next to talk to JVT. Busy night. It's the Nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The college basketball season, well, folks, if you don't know by now, well, it is in full swing. Grab a five hour energy to stay alert, to watch all your favorite games, or if you're going to stay up late, because we got four more games that haven't even tipped yet here in the great city of Las Vegas, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning. You can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find our 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today alongside Jim Root from Three Man Weave at Second Chance Points on Twitter. No big deal. 4-0 last night on the show. Uh, I am Tim Murray. Let's head out to the scene of three games that have been decided by a total of seven points in the most latest Colorado State, a two-point victory over Utah State. Still one game to go as the Mountain West quarterfinals were phenomenal today. And our own JVT is uh, on the scene at me JVT on Twitter. Uh, JVT, let's discuss what just uh, what just unfolded there. Colorado State, the uh, the Rowdy Rams, uh, they ended up closing four. If you were very ambitious, there was a middle opportunity. I think some one and a halfs were out there at open. Um, but your overall impressions of Colorado State just slipping past Utah State, fifty three fifty one. 
Yeah, and Tim, it was kind of just like a sloppy game, right? If you were looking at it, Utah State didn't shoot the ball very well. Colorado State didn't shoot the ball very well at all. Just kind of game town, do some gritty plays. Isaiah Stevens, other than a turnover that gave Utah State some life, was really great down the stretch with some late plays, defensively and offensively. So I kind of thought, like sitting courtside, I saw the great Dave Koch and tweeted out, like, this is a really poorly played offensive game. It really was. It was just second chance points, key rebounds, and some key buckets down the stretch that really made the difference. It was just a gritty physical basketball game, and Colorado State came out on top because their two best players, Roddy and, of course, Stevens, performed a little bit better in crunch time. When you look uh, when you look ahead to tomorrow and uh, Boise State and Wyoming are going to play, I was there for these two games. Uh, Boise State had a comfortable lead and then, and then watched it dissipate, uh, but ultimately they're able to, to come out on top. And then Wyoming, uh, they played a tremendous first half. Uh, but then the big boys, you know, they were they were getting their looks, but just couldn't finish them. UNLV, uh, I felt like had an opportunity to put them away. They ultimately didn't. So, you know, right now uh, we're looking at Wyoming as a short dog tomorrow, JVT, for this semifinal matchup between Boise. Uh, about two points is is what I see between Boise State and Wyoming. Uh, what did you make of uh, of these two teams today? And, and is there a feel? Uh, of what to expect tomorrow evening between Wyoming and, and Boise State. Yeah, I think it's Boise State, man. And I heard you guys talking about this a little bit earlier, Tim. And when you really watched them down the stretch, you know, it was just take turns. It was EK, and then, of course, it was Maldonado. Let's post one guy up, and let's see what happens. And really, their offense started to open up, and they started to move the ball a little bit, right? That three-point shot that ultimately gave them the win at the end of that game. But if your offense is ultimately going to be, let's, let's take turns, and let's just post guys up, and let's just see what comes of it, I think in, in a situation like that tomorrow against Boise State, it's going to be a little bit of a problem. Now, Boise State can match up with them size-wise. I think that when you look at it overall offensively, you have a lot more guys that can actually create their own shots. You have a little bit more versatility with that as well. I think laying like two, two and a half is some spots where it's up to right now. I think that's the side. Now, keep in mind, I do have Boise State to win this tournament, so I do think that's, you know, I'm a little <laughs> looking at it with the rose-colored glasses. But I just, in that second half, guys, I was really, I was less than impressed with watching Wyoming offensively up close and seeing just how simple and plain it was at times. And keep in mind, too, when Maldonado goes out in the first half, and Tim, I know you were here, right? Seven minutes left to go. He doesn't play the end of the first half. Their offense completely cratered. Mm -hmm. So they're so reliant on that. And I think Boise State's going to have a pretty good advantage tomorrow. Yeah, I think maybe a, a naysayer would say, oh, Boise State only won by two against Nevada, too. But that was a healthy Nevada squad picked to be top yep. three in the preseason. Like, I don't think there's any shame in not quite covering that game. Uh, what, what about the nightcap here? We are on the nightcap, of course. So the nightcap <laughs> out at Thomas and Max Center, we got San Diego State and then Fresno coming off of an overtime game last night against San Jose State. Kind of a disappointing performance against the worst team in the league. Uh, do you think maybe there was some look-ahead factor for Fresno? And, and how are you looking at this matchup to cap off the night here at, at Thomas and Mac? You know, it could be Tim, but I, or Jim, excuse me, not Tim. Uh, you guys shouldn't do shows together. Right? <laughs> but I, I do think, like, I think San Diego State's got the size to kind of match with Robinson. We, we could talk about that maybe being a look ahead, because if you look at the two matchups uh, in which they played against San Jose State, that's Fresno State, they played pretty well, and, and Robinson did really well. In one of those games, I think he had like seven offensive rebounds in the regular season, so I kind of expected a little bit more out of them. So maybe there's that look ahead factor at some point, but San Jose State was covering a couple of games down the stretch, playing a little bit better, so I don't want to really throw out that result. And I think when you look at it, when you have Mensa who can match up, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate down low, and then you look at the rest, we have some pretty good on-ball defenders who can actually, you know, kind of isolate and take care of their matchups one-on-one. I think the number is a little high because if you compare and contrast with the regular season numbers, it would tell you neutral court probably more about four and a half as opposed to the six that is out there right now. And keep in mind, four and a half is the opener. So I would lean a little bit toward Fresno State, but 
yesterday it left such a bad taste in my mouth, and I, I'm so impressed with San Diego State defensively, especially with Mensa, that I, 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 I don't want to touch it, you know? Yeah, I would imagine part of that climb is the overtime game that Fresno had to play. That seems to be the market yep. is really fading those, those teams off of overtime. But, hey, somebody like Virginia Tech was able to still win outright despite that. Uh, so you've seen three of the four teams that are moving on to tomorrow. We've got two to play late here. I know you have that Boise State ticket, but is is that the team that you're still you know picking as the favorite to win this conference, or did Colorado State impress you enough in a, in a gritty win today? Where you lean in terms of the actual champion of this tournament? Yeah, I still think I'm with Boise State, and, and Jim, you mentioned it because when you look at that, and people might say like, "Hey, man, you you, you barely got by Nevada." And keep in mind, I was watching near the end of that game, right? That misses some free throws near the end, had a wide open three to potentially win that game. Like they they just skated by. But at the end of the day, that squad was healthy. It's now a Nevada team that ends the regular season in, in this tournament uh, covering four consecutive games. So they've been playing some better basketball. You know, watching Colorado State today, and, and Jim and Tim, like I've talked to both of you guys about this, I think it was separately uh, occasions. We watched Colorado State UNLV in person together, right out here at the Thomas yep. and Mac, all of us. And like when I watch Colorado State, the more I watch them, the less impressed I become by them. I have to be quite honest. Like today, for example, you don't shoot the ball very well and in a neutral setting against a quality opponent. Maybe that's a little bit of a tough standard. But when you watch them on a night-to-night basis, I, I think I come away a little bit less than impressed because I do think they can get a little bit beat up inside. Today, Utah State, it, it, the first half, they were getting inside and had a lot of points in the paint. I think they ended up winning points in the paint by 10 or 12 tonight. So I think to me, Boise State right now is the safe bet, but it's, like I think, razor thin between them and San Diego State at this point. And we'll see right now because we're about to watch them in action. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. He is uh, our senior NBA analyst. He is our... Uh, host of The Edge, and he's also covering the Mountain West Conference. He does it all for us uh, there, and he'll be part of our uh, college uh, selection Sunday coverage as well. JVT, appreciate it, man. Enjoy that final game. Yeah, I will, guys. Thank you very much. There he is. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter, at me, JVT. He's on site. Uh, as we uh, as we say, Jim, overtime is where dogs go to die. And uh, unfortunately, even though UTEP closed a pick last night on this show, Said we like UTEP at plus three. We had that long shot to to win the CUSA. It is uh, it is unfortunately going to come to a close. Maybe we could get a backdoor. Mm, nope. nope. I was going to say maybe we get a backdoor push. Not going to be the case. Uh, looks like Middle Tennessee State will uh, win and advance. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, who is the uh, who is the covering machine? Wouldn't you know it? They go to overtime and they cover. Uh, that, 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 those types of things happen. Some teams are just just they got the, the the luck of the Irish, I guess, as we get closer to St. Patrick's Day. Well, we'll talk more about lucky teams like Providence, but real quickly before we hit a, a break here, uh, we do have some games. We talked about Fresno State uh, coming up against San Diego State, Washington USC uh, coming up bottom of the hour over at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, you can catch a you can catch a seven if you like the Huskies. Uh, I, I'm as anyone knows, I am not a believer in USC. Uh, Washington was impressive last night. Washington keep this close tonight. I I kind of think they can. Uh, they they really tightened their rotation last night. Mike Hopkins talked about like I just want to play my best players, and and they went down to about seven guys. Uh, USC, I would say if they have a, a big struggle, it's shooting the basketball, particularly at the free throw line. But even against the, the defense that I think Washington will roll out, they'll, they'll bring that 2-3 zone, the Mike Hopkins uh, coaching tree of Jim Beheim. I think playing zone against this USC team is the way to go. Uh, they might give up some offensive rebounds, but I, I like Washington to hang around there. Uh, they, they've got some shot makers, especially with Terrell Brown, the Arizona transfer. He's been terrific for them this season. 
uh, yeah, I, I think Washington can can keep it keep it close over there at T-Mobile. Locked in, Washington plus seven. Now this is not an official pick from, not from an Jim. Official pick. Not official. Pick. Not official. Like the four and zero last night. No big deal. Um, what about Riverside and Hawaii? Uh, this might raise an eyebrow uh, because Riverside is the six seed. Jim, Hawaii's the three seed, and yet Riverside is a two and a half point favorite over at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. Yeah, Hawaii struggled down the stretch. Uh, and it's really due to injuries. They lost two starters before the season to injury, season-ending injuries. So they're already playing shorthanded. Actually, were pretty impressive down those two guys for a while. Then they lost Noel Coleman, a key piece, right at the end of the season, uh, a facial fracture, Ooh. which is brutal. Uh, he got some all-conference awards, but you take him off the roster, and they're really looking thin. So I get why Riverside has has become the favorite there, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the Highlanders as well. I think Hawaii has run out of gas this year. Riverside laying two and a half. That game coming up shortly. We'll see if we can sneak in a, a quick preview on the other side of some other games as well. But we saw a big boy in Arizona go down today. Oh, excuse me, Baylor. Baylor, Baylor go down today. Does that affect their chances at a one seed? We'll discuss that next. Look at some of those odds as well. It's the Nightcap. That's Jim Root. I'm Tim Murray. Here on This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN, and I read for you. We'll, we'll get it. There's a there's a beautiful graphic there of uh, the survivor pool from KFC, um, which we'll get a proper read here uh, momentarily. And as soon as I get that read for you, we'll make it happen. But, you know, just so much going on, so much excitement that uh, I didn't have the read. I think it's okay. Everybody just was tuned into Monmouth winning by three at the end there, <laughs> covering the minus two, minus two and a half. So don't worry. People were distracted. That's exactly what it was. Uh, that's exactly what it was. All right. Uh, my apologies there. We'll get the proper read uh, about that survivor pool here. Uh, it's probably my bag of goods. I didn't pull it out. Uh, that's that's my bad. My B. You know, tap the chest. Bad throw. Bad bad pass. <laughs> Um, hey, you're, you're accepting responsibility. That's a mature decision. Got to do it. Got to always accept responsibility. So real quickly, we have a couple games still to start. If anyone wants to uh, make some last second bets, uh, I have uh, I'm taking the dog. Nothing crazy. Washington plus the seven, uh, which is still available in a couple spots. So uh, Huskies, let's bark those dogs. Um, Fresno State, San Diego State. We talked a little bit about it with JVT. Um, look. Every game has been decided by three or less points so far in the Mountain West quarterfinals. Uh, does that trend continue? Dogs are 2-1 and one ATS. The only dog not to cover was UNLV, who actually had the lead and ended up blowing it. They were, you know, a two-point underdog. So, dogs 2-1 and one ATS, but 0-3 straight up. Fresno State, San Diego State, Fresno State, life and death with San Jose State last night. Yeah, I'll, I'll go bold here and say both those trends continue. Dog covers, does mm. not win. I okay. think they get inside that number. They just lost at San Diego State in double overtime. Uh, I think there, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Not a lot of shooting, uh, but each has a star that uh, coordinates their offense. Uh, Robinson for Fresno State, Bradley for San Diego State. So, look, at I mean, the total is 116. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That it's going to be tough for one team to get away from the other, just considering the pace that that total indicates, the inefficiency that that total indicates. 
I think laying a touchdown in a 116 total game is is pretty tough to do. So, I, yeah, I definitely think Fresno is close, is right there in the end. But San Diego State, I think, has the better guard, and I think that's going to be huge for them to get the win. Uh, I went ahead and uh, and locked up. It's a little pricey, uh, but I, I, I'm going to go Riverside uh, on the money line against Hawaii. Uh, and uh, this one, it's interesting. Uh, a two just popped here in town at Caesars, uh, but a three just popped offshore. So do what you, with, with what you will, uh, Riverside and Hawaii. And then uh, we do have one other game going uh, about to tip off in the WAC uh, happening at the Orleans that would be Abilene Christian against the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. A couple thoughts on this one. Stephen F. Austin laying two. Yeah, Abilene Christian's a team to me that is, they're driven by their effort and their energy level defensively. They will wear you out, especially they got three small guards that were all in the NCAA tournament game last year when beat they beat Texas. Texas. Yep. They will pressure you. They will annoy you. They will wear you down over time. But that's when they're fresh. And they played last night. They had kind of a war with Utah Valley all the way to the final buzzer. I think that's going to be tough to go meet Stephen F. Austin, who has some similar DNA. They will play you physically. They're giving you nothing easy. Uh, obviously, the total is not very high in that game either. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Stephen F. Austin. It, it wouldn't be a, an official bet for me or anything, but I just I like them rested against an Abilene team that may have a little bit uh, getting into their legs come the second half of that game. All right, so four games still to come. Washington taking on uh, USC. That one, Washington, six and a half or seven. I went ahead and took the seven with Washington. Fresno State, San Diego State, Cal State, Riverside against Hawaii. I'm rolling money line with Riverside and uh, and then Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin. So four games still to come at 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 Eastern. Glorious. Yeah, we had, a, we had an 8 a.m. Pacific tip today in the <laughs> MAC. Toledo was able to barely escape uh, as the one seed in the MAC. And now here we wow. are more than 12 hours later. We still have games that haven't tipped. This is bliss, Tim. Wire to wire hoops. Mac, uh, this this that Maction game right there. Toledo was laying seventeen and a half and won by one point. And it was a sweaty one. They they might not have deserved that one point win. <laughs> uh, they got a little bit fortunate late in that one. Uh, Central Michigan was feisty towards the end of the year, but man, I did not think money line was even a consideration for that game. The Rockets definitely escaped. They had some disappointment in the MAC uh, title game last year, losing to that Ohio team mm-hmm. that went on to beat Virginia. So the Rockets are definitely on a kind of a revenge tour, a mission to get back to the final, get back to their first NCAA tournament since 1980 for the Rockets. So today we did see a potential number one seed in Baylor get knocked off by Oklahoma. Uh, real quickly on the Sooners. So the Sooners move on, and they will now take on Texas Tech. Uh, I don't know if that game is officially. They were obliterating them. I think it's over. Uh, yeah, I Texas think they, might, they might have just called slaughter yeah, right. on that one. <laughs> we're good. Pass. Uh, so real quickly in Oklahoma, before we get to the one seeds, Oklahoma's resume, are we getting bubblicious now? Are we getting closer and closer? I mean, that's a huge win today on a neutral floor over a top five team. I think it is getting bubblicious. It's a team that I think is starting to compare a little bit to Michigan, where the overall record's not great. The winning percentage versus Q1 and Q2 isn't great. But they have a lot of wins because they're playing in the Big 12, and basically every game you win is Q1 or Q2. Uh, obviously, they get a big one late here. One of the, Part of the skepticism with them is they lost the starter, Elijah Harkless, late in the year, and it was like, okay, it, maybe they're a different team now. They're struggling down the stretch. But you beat a team like Baylor on a neutral floor with this version, that makes a, a testament to the committee that like we're not any worse off than we were when we had him. 
so I think they are going to be one of the teams that's going to go into Selection Sunday, maybe not optimistic, but thinking, hey, we have a chance. Let's get together. Let's watch and let's hope. So reason to bring up um, Selection Sunday, we're going to show you a graphic here. Uh, Gonzaga is no longer on the board because they are a lock to get a one seed after their win over St. Mary's. Uh, they will be Probably the number one overall seed, right, Jim? Yeah, Sean Farnham announced it in the uh, the, the post game. He said, "Your number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament." And I was like, "Wow, that's kind of bold." But uh, I, he's probably going to end up right. It's just funny that he that he went all the way there. So they'll be uh, they'll be headed out west. Uh, what's the regional? San Francisco? Uh, yeah, San Francisco. They'll probably I they think go they, Portland and Port- then San Francisco. They, I think. they will have a lot of fans. Yeah, judging by what they had in Vegas. And uh, like Sean Farnham, uh, I'll go ahead and break the news. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga's going to Portland. Uh, they, they will be playing there. Yes. Uh, but as you saw the odds, you can bet on these other number one seats. Arizona minus 2,200. Um, I mean, if you, if you want to lock up your money for a little bit. Here's the interesting one, and, and talk about laying juice. Baylor has obviously been eliminated, so you can't bet on Baylor right now. They're minus 360 to be a one seat. Now, Selection Sunday is coming up on Sunday, so it, it's not that far away to, to lock up your money. Minus 360 is, as I pull up the implied probability, is, let's, let's do this just for the, the folks at home. Um, kind of something close to 80% or so? Minus 360 would be 78.3% implied probability. What do you need that for? You got my brain. Come on, Jim. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true, Jim. So, Jim, is there more than a 78% chance that Baylor is a one seed? Probably, I think so. I mean, they, their resume is awesome. Like, they have the most Q1 wins in the country, most Q2 wins in the country. They've done it with injuries, without injuries, uh, full strength, uh, not full strength. They tied for the, the regular season title with Kansas, so they got that little cherry on top of the resume. It would take two teams stealing a one from them. Obviously, the odds are ind- indicative mm-hmm. of that, but I don't think we're going to see – I, I kind of think Texas Tech's going to win the Big 12, which Ooh. would certainly help there you go. Uh, knock Kansas off the one line or as a candidate there. And then uh, in the, the SEC, Tennessee's a candidate. Arkansas is a, a team that could really pull an upset against Auburn or Kentucky. Well, they just lost. Uh, who did? Arkansas. Arkansas? No, Alabama lost, right? Oh, right. Arkansas. Sorry. Arkansas is tomorrow. Jeez. Double bye. There's too many games. I get it. Sorry. Right. It's an A, you know. <laughs> um, so I think there's enough teams that could play spoiler in the SEC uh, I, I guess it's you know it's a lot to ask to lay 360, but uh, I, I think they're going to end up with a one seed. Yeah, I'm looking at that resume right now. Uh, what ten quad one, seven quad two, no bad losses. So yeah, I my my guess is even if Kansas wins the Big 12 and Kentucky or Auburn wins the SEC, there's going to be a clamoring for both of them to be one seeds. But Baylor, the, the resume, their body of work is better than the recency bias of this tournament setting. I, I think the committee has said, like, the tournaments mean a little less than people want them to mean. So Baylor, let's say Kansas wins the Big 12. And I, I think it, the SEC is getting a one seed, correct? Probably, yes. As long as one of Kansas or Auburn win. Right. So if Kansas wins the Big 12, it would be, I would. I mean, I guess their odds indicated that it's even money, but it, it wouldn't, it would be pretty hard for Kansas in my opinion, to get the one, right? Yeah, I, the one thing is, like, just their resume is not far off from Baylor's as it stands right now. They have one less Q1, Q2 win, one less Q1 win. Uh, pretty solid metrics, too. And all that's going to go up if they win the tournament. They'll, they'll pick up two more big wins. I'm, I'm guessing their metrics would also rise. 
there's I, I'm looking at it now, and I, I think if they win the tournament, they would probably pass Baylor. Okay. All right. So maybe not at that price. If you think Kansas can win it, maybe hold off. Those darn odds makers did a good job. Dang those odds makers. At Second Chance Points on Twitter is where you can follow Jim. Much more to come here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the College Hoops action for free. The March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of 30000 bucks. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC dash March dash Mania. Now to play for free. Sorry. For your cut of the cash. KFC is finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings. Dot com for detail. There's so much basketball going on, and I look over out of the corner of my eye, and Jim Root, sitting in for uh, Sean King here tonight, is giving the old fist pump. Who, me? Yeah. I would never. <laughs> During a read. Uh, as, uh, as, as our North Car- North Northern Colorado Bears hit a big three to go uh, up 61-56, heading into the final media timeouts. UNC, the real UNC. Yeah. Uh, I was very confused when I moved to Denver and it was, I lived there for a summer and there's a lot of UNC grads. I was like, wow, they really, they come West, huh? Interesting. <laughs> then Chapel Hill uh, to Denver. I, okay. I eventually learned my lesson. <laughs> um, speaking of that UNC, uh, the very impressive performance today, laying four against Virginia, they win 63 to 43. So uh, l- let's kind of bounce around from conference to conference uh, and, and from what we gathered today we'll start with UNC I I was curious and you know thinking about okay how is this team going to respond Jim after the biggest win of the season they go into Cameron they thump Duke Coach K final game they're getting disrespected blah 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 blah. they win by a Baker's dozen but they've also lost at home to Pitt they've got some bad losses they don't really have great wins outside of the Duke game you know tonight I'm starting to see like oh boy maybe they're starting to figure things out here yeah, like the, the light went on late. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was maybe a, a mental thing, too, where like they just hadn't gotten over the big win hump and it started to be kind of a, a stigma for them. And they got the monkey off the back against Duke, so they're starting to really start to crest to their, their potential. I was worried, yeah, that we'd get a letdown effect, especially because they seemed active on social media, I'll call that. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of their players were very uh, vocal after that win, kind of trumpeting, puffing their chests out. So I thought, yeah, we might see like a overconfident team against a very well-coached Virginia team. Man, not 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 even close. Just from the opening tip, they buried them. Uh, if they start to get to where that talent level is, they're scary. They're a very scary low seed in the tournament. So bid sealer opportunity for Virginia gone. Uh, they have been eliminated. Virginia Tech though, bid stealer. Yeah, they're like kind of. On the bubble periphery, I know Joe Lenardi has them closer to the field than maybe I would or, or some of the other bracketologists I know. Uh, but they're at least in the discussion. I, I don't, Ken Palm loves them. Right. I, I, the thing is, I think they would need a win over Duke to get into the tournament, mm. and they can't do that without winning the tournament. 
So it, it's no, kind of a, let's go ahead and not speak that into existence. Yeah, let's we don't. Just, so let's just. Uh, but speaking of Duke, uh, I do have the Blue Devils, unlike my partner, uh, to win this conference. And boy, I didn't anticipate a sweat. I was like, all right, they're going to win this game to Buddy Beheim, and then Jimmy Beheim is hitting a career high in three pointers. They can't miss anything. Um, you know, Duke able to pull away eventually. Jeremy Roach hitting some big shots. Wendell Moore played really well. Paolo Boncaro was rather pedestrian. Uh, you know, didn't do a whole lot offensively. Um, you know, what do you make of this Duke team looking at the ACC tournament? And then bigger picture. I mean, is this team, I, I just, these past couple of games have given me some some really rather big questions. Like, can this team string it together six consecutive games? I know they've beaten Gonzaga. They've beaten Kentucky. I just don't see it right now to win a national title. Yeah, it's it's starting to feel like no. I, I, there's maybe some complacency today when they saw that Buddy Beheim was out. Right. A young team could be prone to like, oh, we're going to walk over these guys. And Syracuse was going absolutely nowhere. They were, they were going to hang around if Duke let them, and they certainly did. Duke hit a couple threes early and just fell in love with it. And they're a good jump shooting team, but like you mentioned Bancaro being ineffective. I think he took too many jumpers. He needs to attack the rim. That's his strength. Yeah, I, the, the thing that concerns me for Duke going into the NCAA tournament is I think they are going to be weighed down so hard by the pressure of every game. They, every time they step on the court, this could be Coach K's last game, that clearly was a part of the, uh-huh. the performance against UNC. This is the last home game we've got to perform up to standards. And it's a young team with that kind of weight on their shoulders. It's tough for me to imagine them winning six straight. Just with all the, the the upsets that we have seen this year, and I, I don't think the top teams like Duke and those teams are so far ahead of the field that they can just show up and out-talent people. I, they, they could be in trouble if they are this complacent. Well, I was certainly hoping that uh, that Boston College would, would pull it out for us. They did not. They lose in overtime to Miami. Miami has beaten Duke before. Can they do it again? I don't think so. Uh, they, they were very effective taking advantage of Duke's off-ball defense. Uh, they are lazy sometimes off the ball you back cut them you run them off screens Virginia took advantage of this as well at Duke and I hopefully I would imagine they're going to watch a lot of the tape of that game and say hey look what Cam McGusty kept doing to you look what Charlie Moore kept doing you're getting behind you you're not sticking with them uh, so you know it's a short turnaround it's not a lot of prep time but I would imagine there's some motivation having lost to them already uh, and then just the fact that I think it's a fixable game plan. What they were doing wrong against Miami is very fixable. Duke's offense should be sustainable against them. Uh, I like Duke there, clearly, to win, but uh, the number, it could be kind of dicey. Yeah, it is, uh, it's a pretty big number. Up, to, uh, I think, around nine, uh, eight and a half, nine, depending. Yeah, I, usually, on... I usually gravitate towards dogs of that size in this, in this well, tournament setting. And as we have seen so far, uh, by the way, it has gone final in, uh, in Madison Square Garden. UConn has defeated Seton Hall 62-52 to 52 under for that game and UConn covering that spread. So the Big East today, we saw a dog in Butler cover, pun intended. Uh, they beat, uh, lost to Providence 65-61. Creighton, outright win as a dog. And uh, Villanova wins, does not cover. And then UConn does close out with a cover. So dogs. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. One in three ATS, one in three straight up in the Big East. Let's jump in there. Providence just does what Providence does. I mean, they win close games. And uh, I, I know, look, I have I have faded them as much as, maybe not as much as anybody, but I'm up there. I'm high on the <laughs> rankings of fading Providence. And then, you know, when the bracket comes out, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at, you know, Xavier stinking. Butler's getting better, but I'm not too worried. Maybe I should have been. Uh, and then I look at Marquette Creighton, and I'm like, I think Providence has a pretty reasonable path to the final, despite the fact that they have, you know, had these close games. And when the odds were at plus 650, uh, I thought it was a doable price. And, uh, you know, Providence is going to be a favorite again tomorrow against Creighton. So, yeah, I, I thought the, the rollover maybe was a better way to go. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, Xavier gets upset. Marquette gets upset, and now you know you're you're in a situation where the rollover may not have been advantageous. But what do you make of this Providence team? I, I jokingly tweeted out they're going to win the national championship, and they're going to win every game by two two points. Yeah, if they win six games by six combined points, I, I would not be shocked. It would not. It would, yeah. yeah, it would not be stunning. Yeah, it, it's not a team I want to lay points with. Like they were, you know, laying over a touchdown today against Butler that that felt too high. But I'm with you on that plus six fifty. I, I thought this was a great path for them. Now they get Creighton, the team they just beat by twenty. Providence doesn't blow teams out, but they beat this Creighton team by 20. That shows you the struggle they had without Ryan Nemhard. They started to figure things out a little bit offensively. They've kind of decentralized their playmaking. It's not just Nemhard creating. But I, I just Providence is kind of a, a little bit of the team of destiny to him right now. Ed Cooley is having a blast on the sideline. Every post-game interview, he's like, man, I'm just, just glad we got lucky again. I, I love the way he has kind of <laughs> almost embraced that narrative. Uh, but I, every time I watch them, they make some plays late. They challenge shots. There's a big shot block by Justin Minai on the final possession. They make big shots. Like Al Durham, I think, hadn't made a three since February uh, or since uh, January, and he hit a big one late for them. So, yes, there's some luck to it, but I, I think there's there's some uh, playmaking and, and experience and poise in that group too. You want to hear, and this is how sick I am, my favorite thing that Providence has done this year was lose to Villanova at Villanova. The way that they played, Jim, they, they lost by two, but they would not go away. And that's the type of team I'm like, you know, come Madison Square Garden, man. This team is going to be a pain in the butt. And, uh, you know, look, if they get there, UConn winning comfortably, that's going to be a war tomorrow night. I cannot wait for that game. UConn and Villanova. I'm not going to say, because Providence doesn't win games easily. Right. But they're going to get the winner of UConn Villanova after what I anticipate to be a slugfest. Yeah, you mentioned that Providence-Villanova effort. Uh, they had nothing to play for. They had already clinched the Big East title. Villanova was angry that they were not the Big East champs, and yet they could not get away from them. I was mega impressed by Providence in that game, too. Granted, they were hot from the perimeter. But, yeah, if they catch one of those teams coming off a slugfest, coming off a war, uh, I could see them taking advantage of it, and just they will be close at the end of the game. They always are. And they, they know how to execute late. They are not intimidated at all. I, I think they're a potential live dog with our plus 650. Uh, and then uh, final thought before we hit a break. Creighton, how'd they do it without Nemhart today? 
Ryan Hawkins has been incredible. The, the Division II transfer, he won a national title at the Division II level last year. He has been clutch for them. He hits big shots every single game. Seems like he's calmed down what is uh, otherwise a young team. Still got games going on, just underway, and uh, Jim and I are sweating out. <sighs> Never easy, Northern Colorado. Come on, Bears, finish it out. It's a nightcap here on VEASAN. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER Terms and conditions apply.